liquor tastes sweeter in this town Could it be it's the same as the last? I swear I've seen your face elsewhere before Just as familiar as a bottle and a glass Hey darling, sleeping on the blacktop Hey darling, running through the trees, honey Hey darling, even for the next town Listen, my set sketches Alright everybody, welcome back to the Back 40 Skull Sessions We are on episode 9 I am Shane Poor. I'm here today with Christian Gardner. Howdy, howdy. And we have a special guest in here with us today, uh, the one and only Travis Puddin Payne. We'll be cracking. What's up, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> you guys have heard us talk about Puddin several times before, and most of the time it's hit and miss. I don't know about good. <laughs> I'll just <put> leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> Puddin's the one I went to his house the last day of turkey season, went and checked out. Just looking around for him and end up finding that gobbler strut yep. and got that footage walking around hiding behind his trusses. Yeah, should have killed him. Yeah, that's what you said. I, eh, it is what it is at that point. That was what Sam Gates said. He said if it was turned around on the other foot, what are the chances Puddin wouldn't have killed that? Turkey? Yeah, he said he'd come off a roof with a hat with a knife. <laughs> if it been in, in Sam Gates's house, I'd have killed it with a boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, as you guys know, this is mainly a hunting and fishing podcast, so uh, we wanted to get putting in here and talk about some hunting stories. I know you've got some dang good hunting stories. Uh, some failed attempts, probably. Failed attempts. We've had some successes, some failures. It's We've done pretty good over the years. Got hurt a lot. Well, that's mostly you, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that always ends up. You ended up being the one going to the hospital, but that's your just fault. the way it went. It's always your fault. Yeah, I always catch a blame for it, but we'll get into the hunting stories in a little while. Uh, as we said on the last podcast, we were just out of the 4th of July, just out of the Alabama trip to fishing, yep. and we were talking about food plots and all that stuff, but yeah, we, we wanted we to know, circle back around the 4th of July because we had some interesting things happen. Yeah, we did. There was a lot. Why don't you go ahead and talk about what you did? I'm trying to remember all that happened. There was so much. Let's see. Well, we had the cookout up the house, and you didn't make it up there to nope. that. But we had more failed fireworks than we have ever got a hold of, I guess, in my lifetime. Right. We got a hold of a bunch of mortars and artillery shells and stuff, and it seemed like every box that we opened, we'd have two of them that would not go off. Yeah, boy, that's me there today. There we go. Round one. Yep. Ding. Ding is right. Let's go ahead and fix mine, too. Yeah, we'll go ahead and turn the phones off. But Maybe. Yeah, it seemed like every time we turned around, we had a, a firework that wasn't launching. It was blowing up on the ground in the tube or coming straight at my face. Luckily, no one else got anything shot at them that day. Everything that... Checking the camera. Yeah, I was just making sure everything's still good. I hear you. Yeah. But everything that went bad that day went bad in my direction. So you missed that. That was funny. Yeah. I had a similar... A, a similar. 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 Yeah. About the same thing happened. We, of course, we had the whole family get together with Sam and Travis and the whole me all got together and shot fireworks. And yeah, I got this one on video though. Nice. I was trying to film everything, getting some B roll and stuff for the show. And no, not you. Oh, not me. No B roll. B roll me. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> it come out of the tube and it That's it didn't make it joke. about two foot out of the tube. Wow. I mean, in our friggin' face. I mean, it was rough. I bet so. I mean, it covered us and I mean pieces of everything. It yeah. was rough. We had one lunch. It was had a stick attached to it, and the stick broke. So we're like, well, we can just drop it down in the tube like the rest of them, and it'll shoot without the stick. Yeah. Wrong. Don't try that at home. <laughs> it did not shoot. It come up five foot off the ground. All right, so he backs up. Jedediah backs up, and they're like, yeah, launch it. 
mistake number one. <laughs> if he ain't got faith in it, I should not have any faith in oh, it. God. I don't know why he didn't have faith in it, but I dropped it down the tube. It didn't and we have had, a stick, dummy. <laughs> no, it didn't have a stick. You're right. But so we there was a big old rhododendron about 20 foot from where we were shooting. So I drop it in the tube and run around the backside of that rhododendron. And I heard it, boom, and I look up, and I can see it. It's like slow motion. It's flipping, and it's coming right at me. Oh, <laughs> and God. I just take off because I hear Jed go, oh, fuck, run. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was like everything just slowed down. It was like time slowed down. I was watching that thing just rotating, coming at me. I turned to run, and luckily it hit the rhododendron bush and got caught in it. And it blew up inside the rhododendron <laughs> oh. bush that I was standing behind. And I was running whenever it blew up. But we got lucky on that one, and it caught the bush on fire for just a second, and it was out. Then we had another one. Were you up there when the one hit the swing set? Mm Mm-hmm. Had another one. Jedediah drops it down in the tube, and he was nervous. He had never shot those big fireworks off before. Knocks the tube over toward the kids and all the crowd. Oh, God. So he panics and just kicks it. Well, he kicks it right over facing me. So I take off running again, (laughs) and Parker's swing set was there, and I made it to the backside of the swing set when I hear it go off. And I another is like everything was slowed down. I was like running and looking behind me, and I could see the light coming. And right as I passed Parker's swing set, it come across my head and hit the top of the swing set and kicked up. And I seen the light transfer from behind me to in front of me. So I stop and turn and start running the other way, and it blows up right behind me. It was funny. I would love to have it on video because it would have been it would have been hilarious. I can imagine. My gosh, what is it with the fireworks now? I don't know, but after we shot... bad luck, it seems like. Yeah, we shot for about an hour, hour and a half, didn't we? A long time. It was a pretty long time. By the time it was over, dude, my heart... I couldn't handle no more. I I thought I was going to die. My heart had stopped three or four times. There's a couple of times where, like, you don't even want to check and see if you're hurt because you're like, I'm burnt. I mean, the back of my shirt's got to be burnt. Ain't no way around it. Oh, gosh. But we got around away from that, and then uh, we left the next day to go to Alabama. We'll just talk about this real fast, and then we'll yep. jump into the rest of it. Um, got to go down there on vacation, first time I've been to the beach in three or four years. And we booked an offshore fishing trip while we were down there. Yeah, that's a nice little wind right there. But we booked offshore <laughs> fishing trip. Sorry, I'm adjusting my mic. Um, we got to go out. It was red snapper season, and limits to a person. We caught our limit of jumbo red snapper. We got some big ones. Yeah, they was I mean, you got to look, if you haven't seen it, go check out the social media. They you you done some lives and yeah, they some big fish. We got some good ones, and then we tried to get some other snapper. Uh, they call them bee liners or something like yeah. that. Uh, smaller snapper and fill the cooler with, and we never could get in them for the freaking reds. What are you laughing at over our giggles? I can't. What is it? Nothing. Go ahead. Tell me. Th- we we know. <laughs> You just need to go on. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, <laughs> we got a few smaller snapper when we filled, mm-hmm. but, but we had plenty of fish in the cooler. We brought home plenty of fillets on that trip, and then we went and done some inshore fishing. Um, we were into the sea trout pretty heavy. We didn't get a hold of anything else that week, mainly just sea trout. They did catch a sea turtle oh. when they took the kids out. Yeah. They were just using cut bait, and they caught a sea turtle, and <clears throat> they ended up having to cut him off because... Uh, they ain't a whole lot of pulling hook out on them. When you, once they've been pulled in, they got a bad attitude. Yeah, he was, I can imagine. 12 inches in diameter or something like that. Yeah. It was pretty cool. They got a picture of him before they turned him out. But Yeah. But anyway, it was a good trip. We had a really good fishing trip down there. Uh, got some good footage when we were out on the big boat. So 
hopefully we can make a short episode of something. Oh yeah, some sure. of that stuff. But anyway, <clears throat> but you've been off quite over. Absolutely. You might want to pull that mic a little bit closer to you again. That's the one mic we have. It likes to. <clears throat> How about now? There we go. Yeah, now that one likes to walk away every time. Yeah. Hello, darling. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> well, what else with you? Anything new going on with you? Uh, new? I don't know. Since last week? Not since last week, I don't think. We got to it's do some food plot work old. yesterday. I took a day off yeah. and went South to South Carolina. Carolina, got some mowing done, made that new big field. So we got all that <clears throat> for social and stuff. That's that's going to be an interesting project. Yeah. That's I'm excited to see what that one does. Cause it's going to be good. That's going to be a big plot. That We may use that as our test plot because it's big enough where we can plant, yeah. plant it in sections and see what does the best. And yeah. It's a big old plot. It's a beautiful plot. That's going to well, be... Yeah, well, you'll see it on our social media and stuff. We're going to have a, a food plot episode come out pretty soon. You'll be able to see it there. It's it's pretty spectacular. Speaking yeah, of I'm episodes, about that. this Friday, season two. We still on schedule for this Friday? We're still on schedule for this Friday. <clears throat> yes. I didn't know you mentioned moving it back till Sunday or something like no, that. No, it's, it's Friday. Heck yeah. We, we, there's a couple small things to be done, and it's this episode's ready to go. The next one's almost ready to go. We're, we're cutting through. We're getting through our interviews and stuff, and we're getting there. We're slowly but surely getting on track like we said we were going to do three months ago <laughs> well the podcast is staying on track yeah so far the podcast <clears throat> hopefully good. the the episodes we can start hitting every week and yeah. once again we'll just be waiting on our editing stuff yeah <laughs> editing stuff sorry bunch i'm telling uh, you i'm telling you like i said that quarter half quarter ass despite being half-assed yeah it's, so. it's pretty rough what do you do maybe we can hire some better ones putting you out know to edit edit I can't even spell it, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we're on track for that. That's going to be really good. Open oh, air, yeah. It's our Georgia hunt. We're going straight into turkey hunting, and we'll it'll. We're hopefully I'll have a schedule release. That's what I've been doing more than anything this week is scheduling and planning. It's all the boring office work, basically emailing and all the boring crap. That's good. So nothing much. You keep doing that. I'll keep working in the fields. Oh yeah, yeah. What was that about working in the fields and all you used to film was a friggin' camera in South Carolina. I used a cell phone. <clears throat> Buys a $2,000 camera and uses a friggin' cell phone. You said if I turned it sideways, it'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it's going to throw you under the bus like at some that. point. It's the so. same way, yeah. It turned oh, it sideways. Yeah. I went gangster on it. Oh, no. yeah, it works. Oh, yeah. Anyways. But otherwise, as far as new stuff goes, I think that's just about it. Not not a whole lot else happened. As far as deer season goes, just trying to shoot the bow and... We had something else we were supposed ready to there on this podcast. Was it? Maybe it was just another reminder episode or season two coming out. It might have been. That and our short episodes are going to be starting soon too. We've got a that's going to be some interesting stuff, kind of off the wall stuff, kind of like you'll just have to see. We've got some stuff coming, like recipes and how to do how to cook this and that. We kind of mentioned that before, so just kind of off the wall stuff. I got you. And we got all the the off season footage. We've already got it posted didn't we we had the rabbit hunt and pheasant um, hunt. is there anything else i don't think so as okay. far as the antics videos go like just yeah. off the wall hunts i think that's about it but uh what about the fishing side they got anything going on right now i know still of. too hot right now just basically too hot not anybody's you. doing a whole lot of fishing around here unfortunately Ten not that four. i know of well let's move into some bear hunting episode or bear hunting talk because everybody's getting ready for bear season. Um, it's coming up. When's bear season start? 
Second week of October. Second week yep. of October. And bears are showing up everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, at least all my stuff, they're showing up everywhere. And I'm hearing from a lot of other people, there are going to be plenty of bears this year. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I'm sure all the guys are raring to go. They're getting dogs trained up. Oh, yeah. Everybody's starting to train a little bit, you know, because you can, you can train on private, on yep. private land, you know, and turn loose stuff. And a lot of guys are doing that, getting everything set up. And, oh, that'll be another thing we have to look forward to. We're going to have a... You know, a, a bear episode or bear podcast episode. We're going yeah. to bring Sam in here and maybe some other guys and talk nothing but you nothing know, but bear hunting. Yep, prepping for bear season. There's a lot. There's stuff that I had no idea that they done, and you know, a lot of good information, a lot of interesting stuff. So we got that to look forward to as well coming up. Yeah, I was out baiting one of my spots back here. I think it was Sunday, and heard some dogs running. They had been running. Those dogs have been out for over 24 hours. Uh, they must have lost track of them, but um, they were on something. They come around the back side of the mountain. They went yeah. the same way he always goes. But So they're out training hard and getting ready for that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> you going to be bear hunting this year? I might steal in a little bit. Maybe let the kids try to shoot one. I, I don't know if I'll get a chance to hunt a whole lot, but we've got some good ones coming in, though. So. Oh, yeah. Well, you've got that new property. That's a heck of a place to hunt i mean you've got all kinds of animals coming in there yeah it looks like a zoo i can't hardly afford to feed everything well especially right now with corn prices yeah 11 dollars yeah. a bag good gosh yeah literally i did talk to the guy we buy our corn from the other day and he said that coming out of the midwest it's supposed to be coming down in the next couple of weeks so keep your fingers crossed for that they're finally starting to Hope get so get enough harvested off that hopefully i guess early crops coming off or something i don't know but hopefully corn prices will be coming down a little bit yeah, eleven dollars a bag ain't no fun. <clears throat> no, not when you're feeding six, seven hundred pounds a week. <laughs> yeah. A bag a week. I wish I was feeding a <laughs> yeah. bag a week. Yeah, I'm feeding three bags per spot per week, right. and we're we're not even ramped up on our feeding yeah. regimen yet. But we are still throwing a lot of protein stuff out, and that may be the reason I'm so freaking eat up with bears right now. Is all that protein feeding stuff. They like the big and J. Yeah, bear. It's that's why a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys around here that don't want to use it because of that. Yeah, a lot of the deer hunters around here. I mean, it's it's dang good stuff. Yeah, it draws in a deer, but around here you got a lot of bear action. It'll with bring it too. in the bears too. Uh, they eat just as good as the deer do. Yeah, that's it. Can't be uh, feeding big and J during bear season though. That's, that is a process yeah, you, process you, feed. You can feed, you can use it, but you can't turn over. You can't turn over. And you can't still hunt. You can't over. still hunt over either. No. But. And that's mainly what I do as far as bears go. Still hunting. That's some good yeah. eating bears. I would agree to that. When you come and when you talking about putting one on the table, that's that's the only way to do it, son. I'm telling you. Him, it's been running for ten hours and got all kinds of adrenaline in them. Tastes like crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't cut the gravy on them. Yeah, you got to kick them just dry. They ain't worth a dime. But that gum, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to chase them. Gosh, yeah, it is. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to take us into our first break, and we will be back shortly with the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast. This segment of the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast is brought to you by Bone Collector Game Calls, the official game calls of the Appalachian Holler Hunters. Whether it's locator calls, turkey calls, or deer calls, you can find all your calls at bonecollector.com. Proudly made in the USA. Hey, buddy, you got your bow set up for this year? Uh, not really. Not yet. What broadhead do you plan on using? I haven't figured it out yet. You really need to go check out NAP Broadheads. They've got a line of new broadheads out, including the new DK4, and then my personal favorite is the Spitfire Double Cross. 
Oh, really? Ain't the DK4 like the mix between a mechanical and a fixed broadhead? It sure is, and it's like throwing a hatchet through the side of a deer. You're going to have blood trails that look like you've sprayed them with a water hose. That's what I'm talking about. If that's the case, I think I'm going to go with one of those. Go check them out. This segment of the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast is brought to you by Mountaineer Outfitters, the official outfitters of Appalachian Holler Hunters. Visit them online on Facebook or Instagram, or visit them in person at 65 Haynes Road in Newland, North Carolina. Open 8 to 5 Monday through Friday, 8 to 12 on Saturdays. Stop by and see them today for all your hunting and shooting sport needs. Back to the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast, and like I said, we're here with Puddin'. Puddin', why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I'm Puddin'. Hey. <laughs> ain't much to tell about uh i've just lived around here in the mountains for my whole life and been hunting and fishing and running around with me since we was in diapers yeah getting killed by you since we was in diapers yeah it seems like you always come out on the the crappy end of all our hijinks and stuff i've always been the crash test dummy i guess but when you're dumb, you got to be tough, so that's right. I'm still alive. Yeah, Dad always told me I kept you around for when I had an idea that I knew probably wasn't going to work, but I wanted to find out if it would or not. Damn sure it didn't work. <laughs> we put, we could talk Budden into doing it, and we could see, we could test our theory out and see if it actually work or not. Yeah. Still have headaches from that crap. <laughs> yeah, if I had a nickel for every time I called your mom and said, Puddin's knocked out again, or Puddin's hurt again, or Puddin's crashed again. Yeah, it's, oh. I was telling somebody the other day, one of my favorites is when you got that freaking Subaru for dang near nothing. $50. 50 bucks. $50 for the car and 60 for the battery. Yeah. Had more in the battery than he did the car. <laughs> Turned the wheels inside out and welded them to it. Yep. Welded them on there. Put a helmet on and hit the woods. Yep. God. This was right after a little background on this. Um, 09, we had one of the worst ice storms we've ever had. Yeah. The freaking, there were trees down everywhere. The power went out for a long time. And I mean... Our trail system back here through the woods was just destroyed. Yeah. So fast forward to that summer, Puddin gets his car. We hadn't got all our trail system cleared out yet. Hadn't even started on it. No, we hadn't even started. The first thing to go through that damn trail system was that car. Oh, gosh. And so he comes sliding in here with it one day. First thing we do is pull it up against the um, partitions in the parking lot. Yep. Put motor oil on the tires. And then step back. And I've got a video somewhere of him burning the front tires off of this car. I mean, burning them clean off. Because that's the only way we could get them to spin poor motor oil all over top oh, of them. Oh, God. 83 four-door wagon with a five-speed in it. It barely would get out of its own way. <laughs> but then tell them about your next idea after we got them burning tires off of it. We're jumping it or wood riding it? Which one? Oh, shoot. I forgot about the jumping it. That was before we done the wood ride. <laughs> well... We turned the tires inside out to start with to make it look dumb because that was a cool thing. And that naturally the muffler had to go first because we got to hear that crap. Put it in four low, made it run a little bit. It was half running, half wetting, but we put helmets on and gagged it through the woods. Fourth gear, four low, all he'd do, knocking trees out. Shane was in the floorboard with his hands over his head. When, I, when he says knocking trees out, we were hitting trees that were 12 and 14 inches in diameter. And it was either going over them or they were hitting it and coming across the cab. And I'm talking trees that are that big around, like solid. We wasn't hitting the ends, not the ends. We were hitting the logs. And those logs, we he was hitting them so freaking hard, they were flying up. And I knew one of them was coming through the windshield. It's just a matter of time. That's what the helmet was for. Helmet don't help freaking getting impaled by a tree limb. <laughs> Makes you feel better. Not really. <laughs> just got to carry enough momentum go through it. Yeah, you carried some momentum, but we got within... <laughs> 
what, 100, 200 yards of getting out of there? Just nearly. We finally ran over a log that had a broke limb on it, and it ripped wire and harness, fuel line, everything up from under. Floor pan, everything. I mean, they they is freaking parts. It looked like a yard sale through there. There's parts laying for 100 yards down that <laughs> oh, damn trail Lord. before we come to a stop. God. It, it made it through jumping log pile and everything else for it. Yeah, I was about to say, so how'd the actual jump go? I don't know. I didn't see it. I had my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. I've got it. Once again, I've got it on video somewhere. And he, I mean, he, because he was going to go easy, and I told him, don't hit it easy, because if you do, you're going to, your front end's going to come up, and then you're going to sit down, and you're going to high center. I was like, you're going to have to carry enough momentum once again. Idea, crash dummy. You're going to have to carry enough momentum to keep the front end off the ground, at least till your back tires can get across the lip of the jump, lip of the logs. And at the time, that sounded like a logical explanation. I mean, yeah, in my head, it worked out great. And on paper, it worked out great in I don't know what paper you're talking about because we never drove that shit out. Well, <laughs> but when we put it into practice, it, it I mean, it kind of did work. You cleared it. Yeah, I cleared it and compressed my back about four inches. Oh, God. Son, when he hit, I mean, that thing just smashed because they ain't, there's no suspension on them anyway. Right. And then this one definitely didn't have any suspension on it. That was, oh, God. It was awesome. <laughs> That's one way to describe it, I guess. It was the second best thing that we done with that car. It's it's final final cast down the hill was the worst. That one. was the best thing. All right, so I had a truck that had a big old steel bumper on it. Yeah. And we took a tractor, and we got it pulled out and hooked the truck to it and pulled it up here at the top of the hill. Right. And he decides, I want to hit a tree with it. We can I, make it happen. I, I thought it like 10 mile an hour, too. I didn't. Think. Yeah. So safety first, told him to put his seatbelt on. And he got a seatbelt on. So we made him a seatbelt and tied him into the seat best we could. And he said, get behind me and get me up to speed pushing me with your truck. And I was like, well, 10 mile an hour sounds cool, but 45 sounds better. Yeah. And And so I get... 40 inch pine tree. I get behind him and he said, I'm going to run this thing into a tree. Put your helmet on. (laughs) Always protect that noggin. Yeah. So I get behind him with that truck and I start pushing him and I get him up to 45 and I pull out beside him and pass him and he looks over at me and does like this and then turns it damn thing <laughs> right into the center of a freaking pine tree. When it hit, it caught the front left wheel and I had my thumb in the steering wheel wrapped around it. Yeah. It nearly jerked the damn thing off. I don't oh, know. Oh. It went around with the steering wheel and then come back to my hand somehow. <laughs> Oh, but he mashed that tree <laughs> and i slid up beside him and stopped and i jumped out and he rolled out of that car and he's like oh god oh god oh god i'm like where are you hurt he said we might want to start where i'm not hurt <laughs> i mean it damn near killed him oh my god that sudden stop was a little more than i anticipated yeah he said that hurt a little worse than i was figuring he said how fast were you going i said about 45 <laughs> Not the worst trick I've had on this farm, but one of the worst. That was one of the good ones. I don't know the one where you flipped the rancher over on your head. Yeah, that, that was, was that was pretty funny there. I do still have a knot on the back of my head from that, no kidding. Yeah, I think the moral to all these kids is always wear your helmet. Oh, yeah. Always, it don't matter what you're doing, wear a helmet, please. Absolutely. We, I mean, we always would try to slip out and never, never wear our helmet. And Dad always told us if I catch you on a four-wheeler without a helmet, it's parked yeah. for a month. So we're out here one day hill climbing, and he's on a rancher. Shouldn't have been hill climbing. Shouldn't have been hill climbing. We had one that we couldn't get up, and I told him, I was like, you can't do it. 
And that's that's all you got to do. Oh, yeah. That's all you had to do. Call him one word, and he would try it. So he puts his helmet on, and he, I'm going to do it. So then he hits it, and he kicks up, and the front end kicks out, and he comes off of the four-wheeler and lands on his feet. And I remember watching him running backwards, and the four-wheeler's coming over like he's backpedaling trying to get away from it. Yeah. And the front rack catches him right on the back of the head and puts his head between his feet. His face hit the ground between his legs. My God. Like, hit the ground. And then he snapped back, and the four-wheeler landed on his toes. The front rack landed on his toes. God. And, son, I mean, concussed is an understatement. If I wouldn't have a helmet on, it would kill him. It would killed him. It busted the helmet. That one busted the helmet. The helmet's still hanging back on the shop, I think. I think it is, too. My God. So... We did paper, rock, scissors, and I lost. I had to call his mama because he had to go to the hospital. I mean, he was in bad shape. All I wanted was a chicken sandwich. Yeah, we drug him out there (laughs) to the daggum field because this was just in the pine patch behind the shop. Yeah. And I said, Puddin', I'm going to call your mama. All right. Tell her to bring my chicken sandwich. What are you talking about? Five minutes later, hey, she going to bring my chicken sandwich? I was hungry. I called his mama and I said, Cindy, uh, Puddin's hurt again. She's like, my God, what have you boys done now? I was like, I think he's got a concussion. I think he needs to go to the hospital and get checked out. And He said something about bringing his chicken sandwich. I ain't bringing him no damn chicken sandwich. He got hurt and starved. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she told me. My loving mother. <laughs> she rolled up, son. She was she was fit to be tied. She was mad. And first thing he did is look at her and you bring my chicken sandwich. <laughs> She's like, I want to kill you. You can choke on a dang chicken sandwich. Oh, God. I'm surprised I accidentally killed her from a stroke or something. We we Lord. tried several times. There, One thing I say about our parents, just everybody we grew up with, they, they were very tolerant. They were very calm. Yeah. Because we got into more crap growing up than you can ever imagine. I mean, it was ridiculous. From the time we were big enough to walk, we were. I was over at his house one day, and his parents had a couple of them little pedal tractors. Yeah. Well, Tweedledee and Tweedledum wouldn't just ride them around the yard. We got one of us on one side of the yard and one of us on the other side of the yard and started playing bumper cars. Mm-hmm. We'd pedal them as hard as we could and smash them into each other. And we pedaled them across his yard one time, and he had a big bank over beside his yard. Yeah. And when we hit, they turned, and the steering got caught. And down the damn bank we went 30 foot and landed in the ditch. And when we hit the ditch, both of us flipped over into the road. And you remember that? Yeah, but flipping over in the road, you make it sound like we're going to get hit. Well, no, we weren't going to get hit by nothing, but it was gravel. Yeah, right. I mean, we just got freaking gravel ground into us after we flipped her. But, I mean, that's the way it's always been. Yeah. And from the time we could drive them little pedal tractors on, it was always crashing something, tearing something up. Oh, you remember the day on the Gator when we broke the steering column out of it? Oh. Jumping it off of the... Another 40-inch tree. No, which no. This is the one we jumped off of the beside Dad's tie wall and landed oh, in the driveway. Yeah, that wasn't smart. We had a six before Gator, <laughs> and we were that has no suspension, no suspension at all. And we figured out we could come out of Dad's yard and jump it in the driveway, but you got to turn a ninety degree turn immediately, or yep. else you go off a bank. And so we were jumping it and then turn around, and coming back and jumping it. I hit it one time and I jumped it and I turned the steering wheel before it landed, and. So the tires were turning. When it hit, it snapped the steering column. And so the gator goes smack, does a 180, and hits the tie wall before either one of us can react. And when it hit, it was going so fast that Puddin cuts a flip 
out of the front passenger seat and laying flat on his back in the front yard. God. My knees caught the little handlebar right across the back. <laughs> oh. And the only thing that kept me from flipping the steering wheel caught me across the legs and kept me in the seat of the gator. God. Now. Yeah. I mean, just snapped steering column into. God sakes. And tell oh, them about man. your little escapade on your gator in the pipeline. That trying to jump it? Yeah. That you you can't jump a gator. You kick it in neutral and it'll run about 35 or 40 mile an hour down a hill and you hit a water break and then it bounces a whole lot to the point where it'll flip over frontwards and slide on your face down through the hill. God. <laughs> yeah, because the oh six my. before gators didn't have a roll cage. Yeah. I mean, it They're was just, just open. Just yeah, open just an open machine. station. Yeah. But we had a good time. My God, We didn't get killed, but we had a good time. Lord. But, Puddin', we were talking about it before we got started. You could be called a professional shooter. I guess. You guess. I guess. I'm not exactly a professional shooter, I don't guess. I'm on the, You get paid to shoot. Well, yeah. I'm on the Special Operations Target Interdiction Team for the state of North Carolina. In and English, what does that mean? Uh, Special Operations Target Interdiction Team. It's English. Thing. Target Interdiction Team? Yes, sir. What That's does a, that mean? I guess uh, a fancy word for a sniper. I got you. But... I work for the prison full time and then do that through the prison, but they send us training quite often and we get to shoot a lot of ammunition. We do a lot of M4 work, a lot of uh, 308 work with the long gun and handgun work too. So Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I guarantee Gosh, it's yeah. a lot of fun. I about to say that's kind of feeling what we were doing just before we done our podcast. We went and done some long range shooting. Mm-hmm. That'll go. That was which is a blast. I oh mean, god, it's, always it's so a good much time, fun. It's a it's a whole lot of figuring though when you get to shooting real long distance. You got to think about it too much, I guess, unless you spend a lot of time behind the gun. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we were shooting what five hundred and thirty? Is either five thirty or five sixty? I think it's five sixty. I can't remember. We ranged it the last time we were up there, but five sixty to five inch plate. Yeah, that's that's a tough target. Too. Yeah, I think we're going to take a, a silhouette target up there just to make it feel better. We hit I, it. Yeah, I mean, we all three hit it at some point. We yeah. hit it more times than you. It's the vortex optics. <laughs> just a side note. You know what they say. <laughs> Blind hog will find an acorn every now and then. Oh, two more times than you. <laughs> yeah. Let's take the guns up there right now and tell me how that Vortex Optics treating you. Hey, it ain't because of the scope. It's because of the cheap rings I put on it. Uh-huh. Those rings loose. just got... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue on there this. There we go. <laughs> ah, gosh. Technically, I can't say anything about that, so... <laughs> Sorry, you can't let you in on these jokes, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. All right, moving on. (laughs) We're taking a lazy approach with this today, if you can't tell. We're just kind of hanging out and just, this is really one of our most BS episodes yet, I believe. It'll be all right. We're just hanging out, really. Well, and we've, everybody that we get on here, we get a little background information on their hunting and stuff. Yep. So why don't we get into that a little bit? How'd you get started hunting? Well, Dad always hunted. He was never really a big game hunter. He always hunted small game, uh, mostly bird hunted. But we started out dove hunting, squirrel hunting. Just he took me every evening fishing or hunting or something, and it was always a we were just always going somewhere. Sorry, old man died a long time ago. It kind of got me choked up talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But anyway, 
we've always bird hunted and squirrel hunted and been out in the woods and I got into it pretty heavy and it's just a passion that I had. It always reminds me of him. I got youngins now. I take them all the time. Got into crow hunting. Love it. Got into dove hunting. I, I love it. I I love all of it, really. Yeah. Being in the outdoors and got when, into deer hunting when I got a little older and killed some good deer. And you got killed into, some dang good ones. You killed two real big. He killed one of the biggest public land bucks I've ever seen. Really. It was all pure luck. There was no skill involved in none of them. Well, that public land story is pretty funny, though. Yeah. Get, tell everybody what happened on that one. I mean, when I say big deer, this deer, he's times that freaking long. God. He's a tall, heavy eight, old deer. And I, we was out on 0105 Little Mountain. Me and my buddy Adam had went out there that evening. Just, we were just going to waste time. I was sitting on a dove stool, leaned up against the old hemlock, and he was sitting on my left foot. Smoking a camel light cigarette, and we were playing the grunt call <laughs> and taking deer piss and just squirting it in the air like he's perfume. Oh, God. And I had a bleak can. We were trying to make music. He was going, rah, rah, and I was going, and just making all kinds of stupid racket. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. Bigfoot? I don't know. Something just run through the yard. Shoot it. And we're going to. Sidetracked. Yeah, we're completely sidetracked. Oh, maybe Shane's squirrel moment. Seeing yeah, something maybe, run through the yard. Maybe it's him. just a goose. I thought something was chasing the geese. I thought there's them coyote run through the yard. That'd be his mistake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway, smoking Camelot cigarettes, making music with grunt calls and all that crap. Well, I hear something walking through the woods and I smack at him. I was like, hey, shut up. Here comes something. And we were giggling, cutting up, still throwing deer piss and he was still smoking. And <laughs> I pulled a gun up just to look through the scope because it's pretty brushy. You couldn't see about 30 yards. And I seen brown hair i thought well here comes a deer stupid deaf deer but here comes a deer <laughs> i kept looking through the scope and i pulled up and seen a shoulder and then it finally stepped and i could see an ear and i pulled up above the ear and i thought oh, money there's an antler it's a big damn antler and i got to looking again and i was stunned i was like hey that's a buck he said no ain't no way i said yeah still smoking his cigarette i pulled on up a little bit and seen more antler and more antler and i finally just pulled back the shoulder and shot i didn't have no idea how big it was i thought it was a four-pointer or something yeah yeah Got up to it, it graveyarded it right there, just fell dead 30 yards and walk up to it. And it's one of the biggest deer that I've seen around here at that time. Uh, it was, do you ever have that deer scored? It was 134 and 5 eighths, I think. God. Yeah, 135 inch public land. Yeah. Eight point. At which, when, when was that? Give That's or take? 2006, five, somewhere in there. That's a dang good deer public it, land up here now. It I was mean. a monster, I'm telling Gosh, you. Gosh, yeah. It was freaking giant. He, they pulled up in my driveway, and whenever I walked outside, this was before cell phones. I mean, we had cell phones, but they wasn't much. Right. And he pulled up in the driveway and said, look in the bed of the truck, and just normal sides on the bed. I could see the tips of the antlers sticking up because he had his head, had it chin down. Yeah. I could see the horn sticking up over the bed of the truck. I was Dang like, good God. My God. Sheer accident, but I was tickled with him. Gosh, yeah, yeah I, I guarantee, guarantee it. <laughs> Well, and then you killed another big one down. I killed that one before I killed the eight. I yeah. killed it in Warren County. It was it was about a hundred and thirty five inch ten, but it was they put put me on the road, probably a hundred and fifty yards off the road in an old built stand in the wide open. It was complete luck and accident on this one too because I had stood up to stretch, and the deer like appeared out of the ground or something. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> 
because it was in a wide open, just fresh cut over. It was done nothing but bare dirt. And I looked down in the one tree that was standing out there at 40 yards. He was horning the tree. And I thought, what in the world? I'm imagining stuff. I sat back down, pulled my gun up, and it was still there. And I said, nope, I'm not imagining stuff. <laughs> so I shot, and he took off running. And I thought I'd missed him, so I worked my bolt gun like an automatic and fired every shell I had. <laughs> he bounced over into cut over and oh. we walked for two hours and finally found him tripped over him about 80 yards from where we'd shot him oh jeez how many times did you hit him just, just at one, first that one? first time and them last four was just spray and pray i couldn't i might have killed somebody three counties <laughs> oh lord and then you do some bear hunting too you've killed a, how many bear you killed a couple uh five or six seven I've killed a couple steel hunting and killed a couple in front of dogs. Killed some pretty good bike. Killed one real good one out in the gorge. Uh, probably 400 and a half. Something like that. Gosh, yeah, it's good. You know what the worst thing about killing a bear like that in the gorge is? Walking back. You in the gorge. Yeah, exactly. And it, that one was so far down Brushy Ridge Trail that it was a it was a hard time getting him out with eight or ten people carrying him pieces god yeah i was gonna say did y'all pack him out yeah we had to there was no there wasn't no dragging that one because it was down there he is off. yeah finally he, hit it again it's been a while he got a bad habit of smacking the yeah. microphone it happens every podcast it never <laughs> fails it ain't happened last one or two you got it the last one you did went I? to yeah you went to flare. oh yeah the last one we was talking was it the last one anyways uh, yeah yeah i hit a lot especially get it, get it tore up excited about something start get talking the, with my hands head shaking going on yeah Really get get him it. talking about missing a turkey or oh yeah something <laughs> oh, like yeah. that or dirt track or race car racing whatever we were talking about a minute ago yeah. <laughs> i racing oh yeah why don't that's you tell everybody about, about the eye racing Have we, we hadn't talked, talked about, about that, that on the podcast i think i think that's gonna be one of our short episodes we do here coming soon i'm gonna do a little thing on that but but so long story short we're partnered we're partnered with a uh with the iRacing League called the S&B Cup Series, Shake and Bake mm-hmm. Cup Series. And uh, for people that don't know it, what... It's funny to watch, I'm telling it, you. If it really, nothing ultimately else, for the funny. guys that do the commentating, it's funny to watch. Shake yeah. and bake. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's We run a full series. You know, They have a full schedule set out. And for, First of all, anybody that don't know what iRacing is, it's, it's basically a simulator you can download your computer. Anybody can run it, but it's also the same software that NASCAR drivers use to to practice before they go to the racetrack yeah especially since covid hit and they took away their practice time and stuff you know they they give drivers you know x amount of hours 10 hours 15 hours a week that they have to set in on a simulator which is the same software that we can run out racing yeah and practice what track they're going to that week and it's they say it's exact i mean they say aside from obviously feeling the g-forces of actually being in the car it's the closest thing you can get to driving one without actually being in one yeah uh, the track they scan the tracks exactly like they take cameras and 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 lasers and everything and they scan the tracks exactly every bump every every crease of the racetrack you can feel and just one specific one is texas motor speedway big huge bump fourth lane up right beside the wall you can feel it dip and steering wheel and everything when you hit that you know on your outlap for qualifying yeah well without dragging that out anymore like I say, we run a full ske- full schedule. We race on Wednesday nights on LSR TV, and uh, it's just what what you think it is. It's just a NASCAR race video game, so to speak. And uh, it can be fun. It can be frustrating. Very frustrating. It's it can, fun for some of those guys. 
Yeah. Those guys that win Some all the time. Are, yeah, the guys that get lucky. Well, if you get out of first gear, from what I understand, you, you might. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about that before we started recording. Yeah, that, last, that last race, Christian almost made a full lap without wrecking. Yeah, I, I, that's the biggest thing with me is I, I forgot the worst luck when it comes to this. Like, I, we'll put it this way. I got on yesterday, and you can run, uh, you know, what they call official races, yeah. which is just public lobbies. You can get in a race with the ghost guys you know, every hour, every half hour, whatever they have, with all kinds of different cars, series, so forth and so on. I can go in there and win like it's no problem. I, done, I won like four races yesterday. Like it was nothing. Get out and dominate them. You get really? these guys. Yeah. I mean, it was nothing. I won a uh, truck race in North Wilkesboro. I've run, uh, where was it? A truck race at uh, New Hampshire, Modifieds at New Hampshire. And I've run a, it was a uh, dirt uh, sprint car race at Eldora. Yeah. Like it's nothing. Fun. A great time. Well, then I got in here with these, you get in here with these guys, and we're all, you know, pretty close together. There's some that ain't worth a dime, and there's some that they literally do this every day, every hour of the day, thinking they're going to get a cup ride the next day, I guess. I don't know. There's, <laughs> long story short, William Byron, who drives a 24 car for NASCAR now, he, he got in on it. That's literally how he got into the, into the, into NASCAR. Yeah. Was through racing. He done really good there, and won all kinds, and won, 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 and Long story short, now he's in the Cup Series driving for Rick Hendrick. Yeah. And doing pretty dang good. So there's some people that take it way too serious, and maybe they do make it one day. I'm not to say they don't, but not rational, you know, not trashing anybody too much, but there's some, I think, that they're going to be on. They're going to be going to get a Cup ride tomorrow if they win S&B or not. Yeah. I get a little irritated sometimes. I can tell. But the worst thing is I just have bad luck, I guess. I don't know. I'll put it this way. We had our All-Star race last week, and like Shane was saying, I don't think I made a full lap until I got wrecked. First yeah, thing, first yeah, I mean, lap, it was right wrecked. out of the freaking gate. It was like, I was like, oh my all right, welcome to the all-star race, and we're going green flag race, and we're in turns one and two. Oh, there's trouble on a, coming out of turn two. Yeah. <laughs> seven like, car going around. I was like, it's got to be him. And they're like, and the seven of Christian Gardner's in the wall. Yep. I'm like, well, that didn't take yep. long. Because it was only, what, a 35-lap sprint? 30-lap sprint. Yeah, 35-lap 35 lap sprint, yeah. Because y'all had some kind of screw-up. Yeah, there was a screw-up with iRacing. They... They tried to make it as realistic as they could. In the real all-star race, caution flag laps don't count. Yeah. You can do that in our racing, but it gets a little screwy with the in the system of our racing itself. So, yeah, that, that screwed everything up, and it froze the system, and they had to go back out and restart it. So, a bunch of technical difficulties. Yeah, and they actually had a little bit of money on that one for yeah. whoever won. It's like 200 bucks, I think, give or take. 200 bucks on the video game. Yeah, yeah I mean, 200 bucks, $200. Yeah, $200, $200 until you get wrecked. But. It was funny, the guy, they were coming into the last turn, and the guy that was in second, he's won several races and stuff, yeah. and apparently he's known for being a dirty driver. He bumps and t- spins a lot of people and stuff. And yeah. Everybody knew it was coming. The guys that were announcing, all right, we're coming into turn four, here it comes. He never even let up. Like no. He run, just smashed into the back of this dude and put him in the wall and spun him around come out of it and won the race. Yeah. And it, that dude's house in Eggy's house, he'll quit that crap. Son, it was hilarious. Well, heard, the, the funny part is the interviews at the end. A lot of people don't stay for the interviews because they, they literally, 
after the race, the top three get interviewed. Like the they'll pull up on the broadcast and interview everybody. Our Yankee buddy Kevin got interviewed yeah. last week. That was funny. <laughs> oh, that was, was like, funny as crap. He's like, uh, to be honest, I don't know what to say. I didn't know you guys yeah. did this. Yeah, he's he never forgot. been in the top. Yeah, three. he ain't finished top three yet this year because this is his first year in the series. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's his first year doing this. And yeah, he had you didn't no let idea. him in on that, did no, you? No, I forgot about that part. Well, how did you know you ain't been in the top three? <laughs> Bull crap. First race. I think it's the first race of the season. I finished third or second race of the season. I got. I'm I sorry, finished second. I it once i think it's michigan i, I, had to say, I don't yeah. know if you ain't first you're last oh. yeah i know you've been should have won that one but whatever but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of races i should have won but it is what it is but yeah, the interviews are hilarious like the, they started trashing each other hard and this went on for hours after the race that we have there's an app you can get on and we we all message each other and talk on there after the race and it's bashing went on for I mean, to like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning the next morning. Was it just those two, or was it everybody? everybody? It was everybody. Because, I mean, everybody was pissed at everybody. Because that last lap, everybody just, it just turned into a de- demolition derby. <laughs> everybody started hitting everybody. Well, he flat out said himself, he's like, I I, I spun everybody on there. I he went it. from I like 16th to I like finished 8th. Seventh. Or seventh. I finished 7th. I finished 7th. After being 20-something. <laughs> 20-something. I said, to hell with it. There wasn't no points on the line, so to hell with it. Yep. But anyways, this week we're running Sonoma road course, and it's going to be interesting. Kevin ain't no good at road courses. I'm not the best at road courses, but I'm pretty good at this one. Yeah. And I'm pretty I'm pretty decent here. I say that, and I'll be wrecked out tomorrow. So. Yeah, I mean. It's whatever. You say you're really good at a lot of tracks. So. I am really good at a lot of tracks. I would consider myself a pretty good damn good driver. And then you get in here with these, and the one that's publicized on YouTube, and it looks like I'm terrible, so. Yeah. But yeah, the one we're sponsoring. Yeah, the S&B Cup Series. Well, I mean, you've done, yeah, you've done pretty well qualifying and stuff. You and Kevin yeah, both got, have. Yeah, me and him. You know, That's first how you part got of into the All-Star race, wasn't it? it was, yeah, both with my pole. Me and yeah. him come out, and we would got the first four poles of the season. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're about to go off the rails here. Yeah, probably. Keep her focused. Yeah, trying to. But anyways, if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. LSR TV. Race every Wednesday night. It's go, funny to watch. to watch. If nothing else, it's funny to listen to because they. I liked the All Star race. It didn't last too long. Some of those that last a couple hundred laps. Yeah, like this week. I don't. I don't know the exact lapage, but it'll probably be an hour. An hour long race, give or take. Yeah, an it hour, gets. Hour some of those get kind of long. Yeah, that one was but funny. I'm dreading the. We still got Charlotte or a long race to to run. It's they doing six hundred there. It's it's our six hundred, but it's really. I think it's three hundred laps. It's a lot of freaking laps. God. It's going to be a long race. I'll be on there for two and a half hours. Like sitting in your living room for two and a half hours doing this? Yeah. What if you have to pee? Do they stop and pause it or whatever? No, you straight up, you just pee on the floor. hope you don't have to go. It's the best thing. <laughs> yep. Sit down on the Get you a bottle. Room. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough. We've had some long ones. We've had a couple where they've just run along because of cautions. I remember yeah. last year, I think it was New Hampshire. We That race lasted four hours. Wreck after wreck after wreck just because at the time we had a bunch of people that didn't know what they were doing just couldn't drive but yeah we do that so that's that's interesting well we're gonna do a short episode on it like i say and it'll be a lot more interesting than just sitting here talking about it and you can actually see what's going on we yeah. actually run two sponsored cars you know yeah bone collector real tree mountaineer outfitters kevin runs the bone collector real tree car and i run the mountaineer outfitters bone collector car yeah the cars look awesome i mean they look really cool that's one of the best parts of it is getting to design the cars and design everything. paint them up and make them look good. But, but yeah, go check it out if you haven't done that. I got you. All right, well, I think that will bring us into our second break, but we will be back shortly with the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast.
This segment of the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast is brought to you by Realtree, the official camo pattern of the Appalachian Holler Hunters. Be sure and check out Realtree's newest pattern, Realtree Timber, to stay concealed all season long. I've got a problem. What is it? I've got this trail camera put up, supposed to be sailor, and I cannot get it to send pictures to me whatsoever. Was it a Tacticam? No, it's some other one I picked up, I think, at Walmart. Well, there's your problem right there, man. Tacticam has the best trail cameras on the market, as far as the cell cams go. Really? Yeah, they pick up in places that no other camera will. They send pictures to your phone, and you can set it to send once a day, twice a day, or every time it takes a picture. So you mean to tell me, it's still going to get out and send pictures in these rough, awful parts of this country in Appalachian Mountains? Man, it sends me pictures in places my cell phone won't even get out. Really? Yeah, so you need to pick one of those things up, because you don't know what you're missing. I think I'll do that this evening. Go get you a Tacticam Reveal X. Here in the Appalachian Mountains, we are subject to some of the most drastic climate changes anywhere in the country. Whether it's hotter than blue blazes in the summertime or colder than a froze-toed rooster in the wintertime, Carhartt has you covered from head to toe. Visit Carhartt.com and see why they are the official apparel company of the Appalachian Holler Hunters. So I had a guy come in the shop the other day and said he saw a giant buck cross the road in front of him. Oh. But I have no way of knowing who owns the property you run onto. Yeah, you do. How? You get the Onyx Hunt app. What is that? It's a mapping tool. You can see how big parcels are, who owns those parcels, and in some cases, get the tax addressed where you can either send them a letter or go knock on their door and see if you can possibly hunt their property. Really? So I can use that app to find out who owns that property and possibly get permission? Yes, sir. Well, heck yeah, pull it up. Let's get on there and find out who owns that property because I'm telling you, he's a monster. Let's do it. All right, man. All right, guys, we are back with the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast. And as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, Puddin, you do quite a bit of long-range shooting. Yeah, pull that thing on up there and talk to us. My bad. Can you hear me now? Oh, we got a you now. A little closer. Good. There we go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you do quite a bit of long-range shooting. Yeah. As part of your job. We uh, train two days a month and then still shoot a little bit around the house and mess with it some, but... Um, Tell us a little bit about what you're shooting, about your shooting setup. Uh, shooting a 308. It's a Remington 700. It's got a fixed 10 or a 10 power scope loop hold on it. Yeah. Uh, Mill dot radicals. It's MOA adjustments. Uh, gun's good. We've sh- I've shot it personally out to 1,100 yards at a chest plate. Can hit consistently with it. And anywhere in between, I mean, we do pretty good with it. Out to three 400 yards, it's... It's a tack driver. If you take human error out of the gun, it it smoke hole for hole. But yeah, and human error is my big thing. I I jerk and twitch, and I'm kind of fat, so it's <laughs> a little bit hard to get comfortable sometimes to shoot. But well, and you have showed me a lot. Well, you hadn't really showed me. You just basically told me you need to do this um, when we're figuring distance and stuff. Talk about your process as far as knowing adjustments and stuff. Well, you. We shoot off minutes angle, and the minute angle is basically like at 100 yards. One minute angle is one inch, 200 is two inches, three is three. Uh, my scope is one minute angle adjustment elevation. So at 400 yards, I click my scope up, and it moves four inches. Yep. Well, you at 400 yards, you know your scope is, or your minute angle adjustment is going to be, say, 11 clicks. You click it up, and you've 11 times four, whatever that is, 44. 44 inches. That's 44 inches you drop. But you click it up and it shoots where you hold it. And then you're figuring drop off of drop charts that you've got. You've got a, a rough 
guess on the on the chart, the ballistics charts, but each gun will do a little different. Like we can have two of the exact same guns, and there might be two inches different from gun to gun. Even though the twist rate's the same on the barrels yeah. and everything like that. But I mean, my gun could have five thousand rounds shot through it, and another gun could have eight thousand. That would affect how it hits too. I got you. I got you. Now, at what point do you have to rebarrel a gun? Uh, it depends on what you're shooting. The three hundred eight supposed to be rebarreled about eight thousand rounds. That's what they're supposed to be good for. Mine's probably got more than that through it. I'm not real sure because I'm the second one to shoot it. But yeah, uh, when you get into bigger guns, three thirty eight Lapuas and stuff, you've got five six hundred shots for they need to be rebarreled. Hundred or thousand? Five six hundred. Good gracious! Because wow. they're they're cooking out the barrel so hot and they're just ripping the just ripping the the rifle out of it. Of it. Wow. Huh. The factor it is, and the heavier bullet, you don't typically don't get as much out of a gun. I got yeah. you. I got you. And you guys, I mean, all the stuff you've, you've got state issued, yeah, weapons, federal premium ammunition, all that crap. Yep. But it's yeah, they give us pretty pretty good stuff. Uh, the rifles are a little old. We're supposed to be getting some new rifles here in a couple of months. Actually, probably in a month or two. Yeah. Get some updated equipment and. Hopefully do a little better with it and see how it goes. Heck yeah. And you were talking about part of your job is being able to stay concealed. Yep. They, we've been to uh, like uh, rural observation schools and trained with uh, people that have been overseas training military and all kinds of stuff. They, yeah. That's their job is just to teach you how to hide. But it's like when we get activated or something, we'll go out and set up in the woods. We might be there a day. We might be there three weeks who knows yeah and you just kind of build it try to be comfortable and try to stay hid we built a hide in one place where there was a man three four foot from me doing a survey on the property and they didn't have no clue me and the other guy that was in the hide was even there really but it was just we built it out of whatever you got string sticks yeah leaves whatever you can find you build it and Basically like a, a glorified ground blind it's mostly, made out of... It's a fort on a grown man's level. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, one thing I started to ask you about before, while we was on break, while we was up here shooting before we come down our podcast, I, I noticed you had your notepad with you. Yep. I was, I was asking you, what all do you keep in that? Like I, It's just a data book. Every shot you take with the rifle, if you want to be consistent and really know your gun, you need to write down what happens with temperature change uh barometric pressure just any kind of weather change or anything down to wind light everything to know how it affects how your gun's gonna shoot when the barrel gets hotter after 10 rounds or if you're like a cold bore shot is the first shot you take when you take your gun out of the bag that's the shot if you get activated and have to go take a shot on someone that's the one that really counts i mean especially yeah hostage, hostage situation or something when you've got a very small area to miss and screw up and kill an innocent person or smack the guy that you're supposed to that's right you got to really pay attention to that one but every every time you shoot the gun the first time you document that see how it shot because mine will vary like it'll be an inch high and a half inch to the left every time on a cobalt shot but after that it'll level out and start shooting straight gotcha as the barrel warms up it'll settle back in where it's supposed to but so if you ever had to take that to say like a hostage situation or something I mean, that's going to be cobalt shots. It's going to be your money shot. Yeah. So got, you know you're going to be hitting inch high and inch or whatever to the left. Yeah, instead of aiming at, like, pulling the crosshairs on the dude's eyebrow in between them at 100 yards, you're going to pull 
on his cheekbone. Right down to those eye, kind of. Yeah. Because you've only got that, like, two-by-four square in your head, especially a person has a gun to someone else's head. Yeah. If you shoot in, the, they call it the T-box, in that box, there's the, it's the medulla oblongata, which you shut that down. That's the only thing that keeps a person's body from flinching and tensing up. Yeah. You hit that spot and they'll open their hands or whatever. That way they don't unintentionally pull the gun when you shoot them or whatever. Now you said the, is that like a, a T right on their nose bone and across their eyes or where yeah, is it? It's like both eyes and like eyebrow down to about halfway down the nose. I got you. So you, you've got that. You've got a pretty little spot. I mean, a hundred yards ain't no problem. Yeah. You get out three, 400 yards. That's a 300, 300 yard shot on a deer. doesn't sound like much, but you're shooting to hit a 14 inch spot. And yeah. Right. Yeah. When you're shooting to hit a four or five inch spot and there's somebody else's life in the, the mix, then it kind of gets down to the right. Yeah. So what do you guys do? Say you're caught out on a call or something and you set up this blind. What do you guys, I mean, what do you do to pass the time? <laughs> you play with bugs or snakes and run from them, whatever. <laughs> Dig holes in the ground, twiddle leaves, look through binoculars a lot. Do you? It's, yeah, it, it gets kind of boring. It gets really boring. Yeah. And every time I've ever been out, it's been 100 degrees with a heat index of 105. Good gosh. My God. Just sitting there sweating. Quick creek running out of your hind end going down the bank. God, <laughs> sick. But Can't sit there and play on Netflix the whole time? No, there's, there's no phone <laughs> crap. You're supposed to be watching what's going on. And the right. light off the phone kind of would give you away. So. Yeah. But you just sit there and hope nothing bad happens. I hear you. I mean, it would be a little more exciting if something did, but God forbid we really don't want to do that either. So. Right. No, I mean, because in that situation, if if you're needed, that's that's going to be bad. Yeah, that's going to be real bad for somebody. Yeah. Somebody going to have a bad day. Hopefully not me. But. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys out there, you just got your long guns, or do you? they give you Depends close quarter weapons? or We've got a, a backup M4 and a, and a handgun as well, 40 caliber Smith. But it depends on the situation. If you're doing an observation on something close, 99% of the time the long gun is going to be out because it's just big, aggravating. Unnecessary, when you're, probably. When you're that close, your field of view through scope is not enough to see everything else that's going on. So yeah. You just fall back to the M4. Open sights on that one? Just I, I've got an optic on mine, but it's just a red dot. It's not magnified. I got you. I got you. You used 5.56 caliber on that one. Right. I got you. Well, that's pretty cool. You've been able, have you found like whenever you're started doing this, have you been able to have a situation where you can transfer that knowledge into a hunting situation yet? Yeah. Uh, especially like setting up mm-hmm. because you used to, when you go in the woods, I would go in the woods and just hump up against a tree and get comfortable. And now I pay more attention to what if I need to shoot this direction, this direction, or if something happens this way and concealment. It has helped a lot being more uh, aware of being concealed. Yeah. Because now I get in the woods and I try to hide like I do if I'm at work on a call out or something. And it seems to be, it helps a lot, especially like I love to crow hunt and I will hide from them all day long because the more you hide, the better you'll kill them. Well, they're pretty sharp too anyway. Yeah. I mean, especially once you've shot at them several times, I mean. Yeah, and most of these around here has either been shot or shot at a lot because that's all I do. Yeah, I was going to say, they know your truck. They can see your truck coming from a mile away. It's kind of funny. I'm pulling here and they will fly off. Somebody else can pull in and they won't. 
<laughs> yeah, I know we used to be heck on crows around here, but we've kind of let up on them here recently. Well, you might have. I okay, have I've kind of <laughs> let up on them recently. I, I walk outside and they'll just be sitting out there. I'm like, that didn't, that wasn't the case a long time ago. <laughs> I, I try to go once a week at least. Kill 10 or 15 or 20 or 50 or right. whatever the situation presents you with. Sometimes it goes good and sometimes it don't. Well, that's just hunting. That's just the way it goes with that. And the darn crow is unpredictable and you can't figure them out for nothing. So I've tried. I don't sleep over it. <laughs> I don't know that there is a rhyme or reason for what a crow does from day to day. There's there's some stuff you can tune in and figure out and kind of get a get a little bit ahead of them on them, but then you'll do the same thing the next time and they will just I don't know they stick a stupid pill that one or something or I did one and missed something. <laughs> They're either really stupid or really smart one yeah, or the other. One or the other. Well, it's smart, hard to say for sure. But I got you. I got you. Well. What else we got today? I'm trying to think. Um, not Talk, a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, we've, we're we kind of in a dead spot right here as far as prep goes and stuff. We're, yeah. we got a little bit of food pro- plot the prep going on. summer right here. Yeah, I mean, right now it's just our biggest thing right now is running cameras yep. and doing a little bit of preseason shooting stuff. Shooting bows and doing preseason stuff to get all our, as far as video-wise goes. Right. Uh, you said you got a lot of stuff we need to be getting done as far as B-roll goes and stuff yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like I say, right now it's all the grunt, boring office work, really. I mean, like I say, I've probably got 20 documents open on my computer right now that I've been working on over the last week. Just, yeah. you know, just what to do for this person, what to do for that person, what we need to do to put this episode together, what episodes we need to put together, uh, what B-roll we need to get, how we're going to get said B-roll, what angles to get, you know, you know, all this stuff. Honestly, just a lot of boring, basic stuff. Well, and we're just trying to get all our team members scheduled in and set up and get yep. background. I guess you've done most of their introductions already. Yeah. I've done everybody's, you know, meet the team stuff, you know. We got one new one, didn't we? do his stuff uh, yet. We've done all of his, but I don't think we've announced that yet. I don't think so We've either. talked about, we, you know, we just had brought on uh, Justin Pritchard and uh, Walker Carswell. Mm-hmm. You know, they brought them on as uh, bear hunting guys. Yeah, they're bear hunting guys. You know, well, it. and that's a good thing about Walker. He hunts this side of the county, so you're going to get eyes in with some other groups, don't he? Yeah, there's a couple of those guys that kind of hunt with a handful of different groups. Yeah. And that's what we're really going for this year because, as you can tell, I mean, our bear hunting stuff is one of the best things we do. I mean, it's it's sought after. A lot of people love to watch it. Yeah. Well, it's something you don't, you don't get much. to see it. I mean, you turn You've, on the outdoor channel, you'll never hunt, find a bear hunt with dogs. Very few. Few and far between. The only people you really know of, you know, you know, consistently that do it are the untamed guys. Mm-hmm. And, and they're uh, only on YouTube yeah. like us. I mean, yeah. So, and that's one of the things we we want to show that. We do it all the time. We've been doing it for years. Let's just put it on camera. Yeah. And Well, and it's something that's hard to film up here. Yeah, it's really hard to film here. A lot of, you know, most places that have, you know, where you can run bear with dogs, it's it's open. Yeah. Not open woods, but I mean, a lot more, more so than, than it is here. Yeah, right here. Unless got- you come and see it in person, you really don't know what this landscape's like. It's a lot of, of, of laurel. I no, mean, it, it's, around here a 20 yard shot on a bear's a long shot yeah i mean that everybody around here everybody, you know i've had people come or people will almost come bear hunting with us like well, what we need to bring you know 30 out six 308 blah 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 i'm like bring you 30 30 something with iron sights because you know you're gonna get a close shot yeah we've had one guy from down at the coast brought up his rifle with a scope and uh 
we's on hunt we's on public land and the bear was probably 30 yards i mean just running through an opening i had it pulled up i was waiting for him to shoot waiting for him to shoot yeah at the time i was just young enough i didn't know just go ahead and shoot it because i didn't know what he was doing yeah or he had that scope he's like i can't find it i can't find it i can't find it and it was right there yeah you know it's just one of those deals where you're that close in with a bear with dogs i, mean, I still i still swear the best setup for a bear around here would be a large bore ar platform gun with a red dot on top of it something like a 50 beowulf or a 450 bushmaster something that's going to throw a freaking chunk of lead at them but ain't good out past 50 or 100 yards yeah hell around here that's all you need well let's say the ones we, what my go-to me and what clinton carries we just use his more than anything is you know 4570 yeah we just carry 4570 using iron sights yeah well it's i just hard to beat it yeah i would think a reflex red dot i mean because you can pick up a moving target yeah i mean really if you quick. was to have a sight other than you know iron sights you'd have you'd, you'd want to go with probably a red dot. i think a red dot would be more accurate than iron sights because you ain't having to try to find your dots and stuff True. and hit i mean you just got a red dot and follow him i'm i'm still going to set me up a 450 no, bushmaster i want to see how it works it's a lot because you know most of you bear hunting guys are all old school guys well they're, they're go, exactly they you know, hadn't really and you could set up a just a skeletonized ar-15 yeah and where it's not too dang heavy I mean, that barrel's going to be fairly heavy anyway, but right. you set one of them babies up with a red dot on it, and I mean, you got 10 rounds in a magazine, and you hit it with 250-grain bullets 10 times. If you ain't killed it by then, I don't want to see the damn thing. No. It's going to be too big to get out of there anyway. No. What little bit of hunting I'm going to do, I'm going to do with a pistol this year, probably. What are you going to use? A 10 millimeter. Oh, heck yeah, I forgot about your big 10. I'm going to carry it with them 220-grain hard casting. Well, we've got gotcha, yeah. our new guy. You want to go ahead and tell everybody who he is? Cote. Cote. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a long slide 40 shooter. Now. He is a long yeah. slide. And he's got one with a red dot on it. And he swears he's going to kill a deer with that 10 millimeter this year. I'd love to see it. And now that we've got him on board, he's got a big 4K Sony camera. That thing's oh, yeah. freaking sweet. He's... Hopefully he can get it on video shooting. Yeah. And he's saddle hunting. On top of that, I mean, he he's taking a lot of yeah we're gonna have him here on here on the podcast sometime soon hopefully have everybody on the yeah. team on the podcast sometime soon let's hope so yeah but he's taking a whole lot of questionable things between the saddle hunting and the hunting with a pistol and all that yeah. stuff and the pistol will do it out out of 100 yards the pistol will do it all day yeah as long as you're familiar as long with as you can hit with right. it yeah yeah i couldn't imagine so i'm excited i couldn't to imagine see shooting either. i couldn't imagine shooting really anything with a pistol because i could hit the broad side of a barn with a pistol I can, I, have, do, I can do good enough to, you know, got my concealed carry and stuff, yeah. and, you know, because, I mean, what's the max? You shoot out to, what, 15 yards, I think, what's your... It ain't even that far. It, it's like out. 10 it's, feet, 12 feet. Yeah. But, yeah, I so, had everything set up to have a hunting pistol, and I just, I never got confident enough with it. Anytime I'm, most of the time when I'm going in the woods, I'm going in a place where I'm thinking there's a big, big deer in there, and yeah. I was always afraid that big, big deer is going to walk in at 100 yards and... That'd be the only, right. I mean, around here you get one chance. Yeah. It's, especially on these big mature deer, you don't, you rarely get more than one chance at them. And I just, I never got the confidence in it to think yeah. that I can go into any situation if that once in a lifetime deer walks out, that I can make that shot with it. And if I ain't confident in it, I'm not going to take it to the woods. That's just. Yeah. That's one thing that trap well, you know. Travis Costin, whenever he goes hunting, he just takes his 44, or takes it when he goes bear hunting, takes yeah, his 44. 44 Magnum. And pistol. he's got many, many stories where he's 
Well, that's yeah. They're just sticking the gun to their yeah. head and squeezing. So yeah, one of those deals. You don't have to be for real. <laughs> you're gonna be. You're gonna be close to them regardless. So oh yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah, but I still think the big AR platform would be the way to go. And I've got one now in 308. But God, that thing's a little heavy. Is it? Yeah, it's. Yeah. I'm gonna set it up to deer hunt with. Yeah, but I say it'd be hard to. It's hard to tote something too too big with you bear hunting. Yeah. But we could get it upper, and we can make that happen. Yeah. Which I'm gonna try to go with y'all some this year. Oh, there ain't but no trying. You're going to. I'm <laughs> not as concerned. I probably won't even be carrying a gun. I'm just gonna be carrying a camera. Yeah, you got to. So we got to get more cameras in the woods this year. And I'd really yeah. like to get in with some of these guys. Get in with Benny or somebody like that. Yeah. And follow them around a little bit. And get wow. some of the gorge hunting in. Ooh. It'd be. I mean. People don't get to see that yeah, I mean, that scenery yet, it's, ever, hardly. It's tough hunting. It's beautiful. Tough is not a word for what that crap is. Yeah. It's, I love it in there, but golly, it's rough. It's yeah. rough country. I mean, it's it's places that you don't think exist in North Carolina, and those dogs are running through it wide-ass open. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mess. And there's some nice bear in there. There's some good yeah. bear in there. Yeah, I'm hoping. Like I say, here next couple, probably the next podcast, we're probably going to do a straight-up bear episode, probably. Gotcha. And it's going to be super interesting. Yeah, we need to get Sam and Mitch or Travis or somebody, some of them boys in here. Oh, where they can, we have we haven't done a full on bear episode since we had Sam and Travis on here. One of our very first one, I think it was the very first. Episode that was the very done. first podcast that we did. And I don't know that that was as much a bear. No, it's a storytelling. That was a storytelling episode. Yeah, it was a good one. It well, was I'm a sure good one. Anytime you get them boys in here, it's going to be a lot of storytelling. So, oh yeah, but. uh well, I think that pretty well covers what we got going on right now. Yeah. I think that's, like I said, season two. Keep a lookout for it because it's Friday. coming the end of this week. Friday. Yeah, this this podcast should release. It may be Friday at midnight, but it will be Friday. <laughs> Today is Tuesday, July the 20th, so that means yeah. we're going to release this podcast on the 21st. Yep. The new episode, season two, Appalachian Holler Hunter, is going to be the 23rd, Friday the 23rd, so you guys be looking out yep. for that. and. As always, we're going to end this one the way we always do. We want to thank all our sponsors and all our partners and stuff. We got Bone Collector. We've got, <coughs> I don't have my sign up today. I can't read it. <laughs> I was waiting on that. All right. We got Bone Collector. We got Garmin. We got Big and J. Um, who else we got? Onyx Hunt. Onyx Max, Hunt. NAP Broadheads. NAP Broadheads. Federal Ammunition. Keep on rolling. Realtree. You can't forget Realtree. Can't forget Realtree. Best Tree. camo pattern out there. Carhartt. Carhartt. All our people, we're going to be pulling the Carhartts back out here pretty soon. Yeah, it ain't going to be much longer. It's warm right now, yeah, but it ain't going to be warm for A handful of long. days we had there in July where it was cold. Yeah, it was chilly in the mornings. It felt like deer season. It felt just like deer season. I mean, I've got a, a maple up at the house, and the leaves are turning red on it already. Yeah. It's dropping some red leaves already. I'm like, good gracious, it's going to yeah. be soon. Yeah. But anyways, but if we missed anybody, we thank you. We really do. We appreciate really appreciate you. everybody that listens to Tax this Cam. podcast as well. Tax Ta- Reveal. Yeah, Tacticam has been good to us. Yeah. They are one of our favorites. So, But we want to thank everybody that listens to this podcast. It's starting to spread. The word's getting out. We're getting yeah. more and more yeah, followers. You, we, we're getting, we mention it just about every week. We see you guys. People, uh, one in Brazil. Really? Yeah. Well, we shout out to you specifically. We've got like 50 listeners in Canada now. Yeah, we're getting a following in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> There was someplace else I seen. They there was like one in Russia. That's all right. That's all right. That's why they listen. We yeah. can hear, hear our accent probably. Yeah, can you hear these freaking rednecks down here? Like, listen listen to these idiots. What is down there? <laughs> this is English, but just barely. Yeah, just barely. 
we got our own little twang to it. But anyway, guys, thank you all for listening. Um, as we always say, if you've got suggestions, we're we're needing topics. So get yeah. on there, uh, write some comments for us. Any suggested topics, we need to open us an email account. Have an email for the podcast. Well, it's our email, ahollerhunters at gmail.com. Ahollerhunters at gmail.com. Email us. Yeah, email us Burn some topics. Up. Any questions, Message suggestions. Us on social media. If you want to tell Christian his hair looks funny and his hat don't match, whatever. That's fine. I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, whatever. we take constructive oh. criticism, everything. Oh, and we got plumbed to the end and we just lost the camera for you guys on I YouTube. I don't know if we just lost it. I haven't paid no attention. It, it hadn't been gone for long. Yeah. So We're still struggling with that nah we ain't struggling with that we just got to delete that camera out yeah anyway guys thank you for listening to the podcast if you don't care get on there uh leave us a rating write us a review wherever you listen to your podcast apple spotify youtube anywhere else you can find us we'll say it once again season two appalachian holler hunters is coming on friday it's friday it's first episode coming on friday so you guys be looking out for that and I think that pretty much covers all the housekeeping stuff. Anything yeah. you want to add? Not that I don't know. How about you, Pud? Well, I don't know nothing. I'm out. You're out. <laughs> well, once again, guys, we appreciate your support. Uh, anything that you need out of us, email us right on the comment section. Uh, we'll do our best to stay on time, keep on track. We're we're doing good so far, and like I said, we're going to have a probably a bear hunting podcast coming at you next week. Yeah, but. Either way, I think that's everything for us. Thank you guys for listening to the Back 40 Skull Sessions podcast. everybody, well, they sure as hell know me. In that map dot town, 65 southbound, in the middle of Tennessee. Yeah, I left.